Hey there, Oilers fans. We are back. It is Zach and I here to recap a St. Louis Blues game that uh, ended a little bit later than we thought it would. Oh, uh, let's just wanna... say now. Yeah, we were about, we were after Leon scores. I go, I walk in my room, I start pulling up all the browsers, everything we need to do. And I join Dennis's Zoom and Dennis is yelling, it's not over. We're, I'm, I'm, not, telling... I'm, I'm Zach's... so confused. Zach's saying like, man, well, I, I mean, as soon as we blah, 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 like it's, yeah, so I mean, it's, uh, it's an automatic, and I'm, I'm riding, telling Zach, oh. I keep telling him, it's not over, no, I was the, so it's not confused. over, the game's not over. I was riding the emotional high of a Leon goal, I was like, another awesome broadcast, another awesome overtime, and I was so hyped, I was so happy, I was so fulfilled. And even though despite the, the mess ups earlier in the game, which we'll, you know, we'll get into later. So I didn't have that like anger that I see every single person in the chat is looking <laughs> for, right? I was so happy. And, and then Dennis finally says it's not over. So we I stayed in the Zoom and I kept running into the other room to go check and watch the overtime and watch that god-awful shootout that just sucks the life out of you. Um I can't believe yeah. it, right? Like over three in the shootout, and your shooters are Nuge, McDavid, and Drysaitel. Like it's, a, it, it, it's it's literally craps, dude. Like it's all luck. It, that's why I can't get that fired up for for this type of for this type of loss, right? Like yeah. yes, there were bad plays earlier that cost them, but losing in this fashion in a shootout, even if the Oilers win, I wouldn't have had that hype. I wouldn't have that en same energy, right? Also in the shootout, where finally we need a, a noticeable absence of Kyle Turris you know <laughs> yes we, the shootout legend kyle yeah. turris but hey uh we're we're bringing you the post game show let's let's get right into it first you mentioned crafts we're gonna talk about our sponsor sports interaction think you know what way it's gonna go make your bet with sports interaction whether it's world cup hockey football or basketball sports interaction has you covered Bet pregame, live, in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 plus, please play responsibly. All right, Zach. Everyone wants you to go off on this team. Everyone wants you to go off on Darnell Nurse. But I think you bring up a good point. The way that we lost in a shootout. Shootouts are coin flips at best. Does it sting that we went 0 for 3 in the shootout? Yeah. But overall, it's not the most disappointing way to lose. But I'm sure there's going to be plenty of comments about the play before the shootout. Yeah. So why don't you take it away there? Well, it, it, let's see. Where do you want to start, Dennis? Because let's can, start with the first, with the first egregious goal. mistake. Oh, I, I well, guess yeah. Let's start with the first, the first goal. goal of the game, right? Let's start like, with the first goal. Or the, Our goal. The, the first goal that the Blues scored. That was the first egregious mistake that we saw, right? Darnell Nurse hanging out behind the net. I love the game over mug. Awesome. You buy the sdpnshop.com. Uh, go buy all your game over sdpnshop.ca. .ca. Sorry, yeah course um but yeah you saw that with the first goal the blues scored right darnell nurse doesn't make a decision holds a puck too long behind the net and uh, i can't remember who it was on the on the blues i think it was brayden shen uh, or iru goes pressures him gets the puck loose one pass another pass in the back of the net not yeah, much shen you could do yeah and um yeah it, it's just it's just a it's just a play that if we saw evan bouchard make or philip broberg make they would have been lambasted uh, so it, it, I mean, I don't want to say it was nice to see Don Elmer's get criticism because I, I don't mean that in that way, but it, it's nice to see that the, there's no hypocrisy and at least like people were like, like even on the broadcast, they said like, what are you doing? You can't do, it's no. just an error in processing, right? Yeah. And, 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 and he freezes on the play and you don't know why, and, right? And, and, and what are your options? We, we can get mad. And a lot of that is us getting mad at him by part of how much that he makes. But if we take that away. This play that we saw, we saw it twice tonight. That is just Darnell Nurse in a nutshell. No matter what, we've seen it since he's a rookie. He's played almost 600 NHL games. He is going to make that mistake from time to time. That is not where he excels. He he makes his money, as weird as it is to say, in the offensive end. That that's where he excels. 
it's um, this weird sort of decision making type of play right where <laughs> there are a couple of options the safest option is just to pass off to your partner but it's just these small catches where he doesn't choose either option in this case and just it, it goes right towards uh kairu and then kairu just scores well like, in this part to me uh, a lot of this too like darnell nurse i want to say had a really high or relatively high pdo coming into this game and this is one of those things right and i saw people talking about nurses other uh giveaways in in the chat but like you saw earlier in the or at some point in the first philip broberg gave one of the most egregious giveaways it was a pizza right up the ice or blues had like a two-on-one or two on it was atrocious but Stuart skinner comes up absolutely huge right so that's that balancing out of the pdo where you see some guys who were maybe broberg didn't have that many giveaways early on but he was getting every single one kind of ended up in the back of the net there you see an egregious one it doesn't end up back in that but it flips around for darnell nurse whereas darnell nurse makes a giveaway uh and he was getting bailed out a lot now we're not seeing that as much this game and, and Stuart skinner played fantastic too right but yeah, yeah that first goal man that's just a play that you cannot make especially and i hate pointing out the contract when you're making that much you can't you can't make. I think that's the first thing, right? The first thing that I got in the group chats was 9.25. That's the first thing we get. It's it's not necessarily the fact that if he's playing this way, you know, you can't win hockey games. It's the fact that he he plays this way when he makes so much money. And that was that was what uh Greenway mentioned the other day, right? Yeah. <laughs> like that's been a sticking point throughout the NHL now. It's it's not just the fans, they're using this to chirp him. Again, mm-hmm. weird chirp. And, and I, I do think it is getting to his head, right? You yeah. like Edmonton is kind of a fishbowl. You have all these people starting to yell at you about your contract. You have players on the ice yelling about you about the contract darnell nurse you could see him sulk when the blue scored with 19 seconds left you just see him punch the ice he's on one knee he's lying there and he did have earlier in the game a, a pretty good block to kind of save a goal um, hold on though like i want to talk about that play as well because mm-hmm. again in that instance he has a couple of options right yeah you're winning this game right just just get it down the ice take the icing it doesn't really matter right it you're at you have 20 seconds left and you have your top line out right your mcdavid your dry settle you know that they they have gas in the tank they always have gas in the tank mm-hmm. so just whip it along the boards easy clear you know if they knock it down then that's on your wings to try to pinch guys at the blue line but he sauces it right down the center of the ice right arguably the worst decision in that instance it would have been better to almost turn back around pinch it against the boards and just just hold yourself there try to kill extra time down the ice right in the center slot that that's the worst decision and it it, it gets knocked down and we all know the outcome it's just horrible decision making absolutely atrocious decision making that you cannot have this guy make and i know he's paid for it whatever to to do better but i think darnell nurse is what darnell nurse is and we all know what he is he is not a top 10 defenseman in the nhl i'd say he's in that second to third tier of number one uh, amazing number two on your team uh, he was paid for a really high shooting percentage and whatever. And again, he's really close. He's really tight. He means a lot to the core in the dressing room. He he can be really effective. Exactly. But- and, he, and he did take two bridge contracts, right? He mm-hmm. took two bridge contacts, tracks, tried to be team friendly. And then this is where, you know, it's payday now because we're done with the RFA years. It's time to pay up. And when you're when your agent says look look at a shooting percentage look at what he's done for this team look what he means to this team you're gonna have to shell out the money so i don't blame the guy for taking the bag no absolutely not i'm not saying that at all if anyone put 9.25 million dollars in front of me i would sign like a deal like that i would sign that in a second but what i'm saying is we need because he's here he and i and i'm not saying i like him i don't want him to go anywhere we need to support him better. We need to insulate him. He cannot be expected. Like how many, uh, let me just check quickly. How many minutes did Darnell? Darnell Nurse played 29 minutes tonight. You cannot have Darnell Nurse playing half of the game. And I know there's overtime in there. So, okay, let's bring it down by three minutes. Even if it's 26, that's still absolutely insane. He should. Darnell Nurse should be playing 21 
uh, to 23 minutes at most. I think that's a safe spot, right? If you're right? if you don't want him to be a minute muncher, he's going to be a little bit more so, protected. Yeah, and, but, and we can but we can you, get into you this more. But this is where, to me, the fundamental flaws come in. You have to support him. You have no one else on this defense that can support him right now. CC and Nurse. I wrote down in the first. You could see in the first. Whatever chemistry they had last year, that's gone. They both have similar, they both do similar things to the puck in the offensive zone. They don't complement each other very well. Their transition game, frankly, just is not there. Nurse can skate with the puck. Nurse likes to carry the puck. He is not a, a, a good passer. I'm just going to be blunt about it. You, uh, to me, you go, you, you got to try playing nurse with Bouchard now. Like we, we, are, we have to move on from this nurse CC pairing because it clearly doesn't work. CC could be awesome with Broberg. He could be mm-hmm. awesome with, um, he could be awesome. I mean, with Kulak. If you, Kulak. Yeah. That's yeah, a great there, There's a too. number. You can have a really solid pair with either of those guys. But here's the question, right? If you move him with Kulak, then you have this issue of Tyson Berry and Philip Broberg. Right? I, but, but Barry tonight, like, like, and, and I'm the first and this one is to the point weird, out Barry's bad. This Barry is the was weirdest thing. Player. He had a Barry 70, was, 77 expected goals. He's 70%. great when he's paired with Kulak, and we don't know why, right? There's this little mojo that they have when they're together. Doesn't matter if it's second line minutes, doesn't matter if it's third line minutes. They're, they're somehow amazing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you don't want them to be... You either don't want them to be the second pairing and then have yeah. CC down at third pairing minutes, or you don't want to have to bring Broberg up to second pairing well, minutes, right? So, so this is the thing. First, before I say my next point, let's say there's 70 people watching right now. We don't have anywhere near 70 likes. Kyler Yamamoto scored a goal tonight. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be really positive with my like goal. Let's try and hit 56 likes by the end of the stream. There's 70 of you guys watching right now smash the like button we appreciate it dennis and i will be back here next game as well we we love being here with you guys despite the absolute disheartening loss where we need the likes we love them anyway again what, like i totally understand where you're coming from but it just seems like a weird a weird catch 22 right well, so, so that's so to me the, the, and i understand what you're saying and i agree with you that how if you move them around, there is that one pairing that you just defensively is not good, right? Like even just like egregious, you cannot have them out in the defensive zone, no defensive zone search. So to me, what that says is, you know what? You Ken Holland, been, I tweeted this out earlier today, been the GM. He has now done four drafts in the NHL. All of Ken Holland's combined draft picks for the Edmonton Oilers have two goals and six assists in four total drafts. Like, what are we doing here? You have the two top scorers in the NHL over the last six, seven years. They've been one and two for almost all of those years in NHL scoring. You have never once shown them that you believe in them and gone out and made a big splash of the deadline. Right. There Make is someone on the market who, when you listen to everyone describe the ideal defenseman, you want someone who is can break up the cycle, is big, is young, has term, can play, can play hard, can play fast, can play with skill, can munch a lot of minutes. Like, and then, and then you hear someone mention Joel Edmondson. And you're like, what? (laughs) Jacob Chikrin is on the market. You have every, you have the infrastructure surrounding him. You plug Jacob Chikrin into this lineup. You have one of the best teams in the NHL. This would be, imagine if Darnell Nurse doesn't have to play 30 minutes and you have another defenseman that can munch minutes. And if Darnell Nurse is struggling after the first giveaway, you don't have to go right back out to him. You need someone else that you can rely on. Right now they have five other guys that Jay Woodcroft is kind of unsure about there's one guy that jake uh jay woodcroft can rely on it's nurse whether we like his play or not that's how the how jay woodcroft feels he's only comfortable with nurse on the ice in all of these really tough situations um so yeah to me there's one play and one play only and that's getting jacob Chapman. And, and I totally agree because here's the other options that have been bounced around right you mentioned like Edmondson that's not what we need. He doesn't fill any of the holes we have. The other guy that's been mentioned in the last little while, Klingberg, it's he's worse defensively. I I don't understand unless this is some sort of masterclass in sleight of hand mm-hmm. and trickery where we're saying random guys, Eric Carlson, just to get media off their back, just to get other people off their back and then make a big signing. 
I honestly think you're right. Jacob Chitrin is going to be the guy that we need, right? As long as the pieces that are his detractors, his injury history, are not an issue, mm-hmm. he's he's perfect for this team. Yeah. He fills the holes Joel, that we need. Joel Edmondson has missed almost as many games as Jacob Chitrin. Like, yeah. if we're blaming the injury history, that's one thing. And I see Renee Gaidman at 83 in the chat says, I want Chitrin, but Holland doesn't want to part with Broberg. I'm sorry, but... Philip Broberg is only playing how much like tonight in a played eight minutes tonight he had, like in I, a in an overtime game right sixty five minutes like seriously eight. eight minutes and, and, and like if you cannot trust him get someone else and get rid of Broberg because I I said this before I do not care if Philip Broberg is a top five defenseman in the NHL in five years because what the, if if you have that the chances are. You don't have McDavid and Drysaddle, or McDavid and Drysaddle are making a combined $35 million. These deals that they're on now, that is your window right now. You can reevaluate once you re-sign them. But until that time, you need to move these guys. I I think it's so useless to have them on the roster playing eight minutes. Like, yeah. trade your picks, trade your prospects, go all in, support your core. Ryan Ugin Hopkins is playing some of the best hockey of his career. Yeah. Right? Like, he tonight, looked amazing tonight. The, I, oh, I mean, you can go off. Robbed like, by Jordan Bennington twice. Him and Yamo look yes. fantastic. That was the dry line from pre-COVID without drive with Matthias Yanmark. Who, yeah. You know, has I mean, Yanmark's, he's up and Imagine down like a toilet Evander, seat. When as Evander say. Kane comes back, you put... You have Kane Nugent Yamo, or you have Kane Nugent Hyman. You there is a, a, a way that this top six could keep McDavid and Dreisel together. And because Ryan Nugent Hopkins has been so excellent, you can have still have a legitimate second line. And tonight, Ryan Nugent Hopkins five on five was fantastic. And his detractors for so many years would sit there and yell and scream about how he's only a power play merchant, which we hear all the time. Oh, fun fact tonight, Stuart Skinner he's... got an assist. Oh, yes. On the power oh, yes. play. So Stuart Skinner also noted power play merchant. I won't be satisfied until he does it a five on five, but that's just me. I, I mean, think about it, right? Like, this is the sto- sort of storyline that we've heard from, let's say, out east. I won't name cities, but Nuge is a core member of this team. He's a two way, solid defensive guy. And mm-hmm. I think if you remember the third goal, Yamamoto's tip off of a berry shot that was entirely caused Mm -hmm. by Nuge's play in the D zone. And the transition up the ice was fantastic. Yanmar holds onto the puck for just enough. Sorry. Exactly. He just, he Mm -hmm. held onto the puck in the offensive zone enough for Barry to come in past the line. And then he feeds a great pass. Great shot. That's how the goal happened. Nuge is so fundamental to this team's dna and i'm i tweeted midway through the game that contract now looks amazing right Mm -hmm. the fact that we have people out west with people talking about mo horvat in vancouver saying hey why don't we try and offer him the nuge deal that goes to show bo horvat at his high high season currently like actually trying to go for the rocket richard level play He's being valued at the same as like a Nugent Hopkins. And I don't mm-hmm. understand why other markets, they try and push him down. You know, I'm glad we kept Nuge forever. I'm, I'm seeing that there's just so much love for the guy now that he's finally off on this heater. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, mm-hmm. You mentioned Yamo as well. Yamo's just been back to his Since old he's form. Come back. You got the, you have the buzzsaw, the badger back. You know what was really funny to me tonight? That pen, the second penalty that he took uh, on Braden Shen for that hit up high. What a bogus call. Kyler Yamamoto's shoulder might be four foot tall. I'm pretty sure Kyler Yamamoto can't even get on all roller coasters. Braden Shen <laughs> is six foot one. How Kyler Yamamoto not looking? Got a call for an illegal trick to the head. He on a conked guy, his head on his foot, shoulder. A foot taller than him. 
I don't know what he was me. doing. That, he he looked he looked down and he just caught shoulder to the was, face. He was out of the box looking for the puck. He's looking the other way and he turns and his shoulder goes into Braden Shen, who's hunched over like the hunchback in Notre Dame. It was it was absolutely ridiculous. And to me, that was game management because you saw oh, yeah. what was the penalty before that was even more egregious. I think was it Yamamoto who just got out of the box as well? Because uh, the only well Yamamoto we, was caught on a holding call. Oh, where it was it, that, was it was a bogus holding call. Paul. It but was the, just one hand, like it, I don't even know if it made contact. It was more like a caress. He didn't mm-hmm. pull him or anything. It just he just had his hand in the vicinity, and they called him for a hold. Uh, and, and, and you know, the only reason they called it is because the Oilers were winning, and the Blues had taken three bench minors up until we they forgot were, we hadn't even mentioned that. Yeah, the the uh, here's the thing, chat going leading into this game before the third period. I was prepared for just standard St. Louis Blues hockey, right? We we see we hear all the hockeyisms. There, it's a physical game. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do some low event hockey. We're gonna have a couple of goals, but it's gonna be locked down otherwise. And this game just came out with some silly penalties right to start. Game management to bring it even, and then it ended in this absolute clusterfuck of a of a result right like i was not expecting this for a st louis blues game on mm-hmm. on a thursday no this was so much fun and jack and, and louis were talking about on the broadcast you because there were so many posts and so many missed nets and so many chances pareko hit a post robert thomas hit a post he missed a wide open four by six barry missed a wide open four by six right after in the first right like there were so many chances it was such a fast-paced game with awesome goaltending both bennington and stuart skinner played phenomenal and this was an awesome game this is nothing like that two nothing game that happened on a matinee on a saturday afternoon that (laughs) one to blow my brains out someone was doing that one uh it was none too easy that i was much more upset during that loss than i am for this loss but all in all, a super fun game. You had awesome plays. You had a few egregious mistakes. And even I said this before, when there were other egregious mistakes, you had Stuart Skinner bailing you out. Um, and once you go to overtime, the funniest part is the Oilers were on the power. Or here, we should, you know what we should actually say? The power play itself tonight, when you look at the power play, the first two power plays, they were not good. They couldn't get set up. They really couldn't get any chances. On the third uh, power well, play, well, you McDavid mean, goes full Thanos. That's well, you mean the, the, the first, first. we scored on the first one. <laughs> That oh my god, I'm, yes, yes, yes. Well, I meant the ones after up. the ones after. But that was the squeaker by Bennington. The goal Hyman got yes. right off the bat, but was that that wasn't a phenomenal goal. If I'm a blues fan, I'm kind of mad that it went in. Cleaned it up after Jack Campbell esque cleaned it up, didn't let anything in right after that. But anyways, you go back. The next two power plays, I should say, they weren't getting anything. Uh, halfway through this the third power play, McDavid goes full Thanos mode, end to end, breaks it, shoots. Right over Bennington's shoulder. Can't even see. That's his 28th goal or 27th goal in 31 games. Absolutely unbelievable. This is one of the best we've seen McDavid play without getting a point. I'll let you. Was it there. was it just me or did McDavid look faster than normal tonight? He looked unbelievable. superhuman beyond superhuman. It, like, in this oh in the second period on the penalty kill one his presence on the penalty kill completely changes every team's power play if i'm another coach and i see him out there i put two defensemen out there because Connor, you see what he does shorthanded he almost had one of the most beautiful goals of his career where he goes down i can't remember i think it was justin falk who's trying to use his body mcdavid does the spin move back end off the post and i wanted that goal to go in so bad so bad because those jerseys Beautiful as they are, would have lived in infamy with that highlight playing for the next twenty years on McDavid highlight reels. The spinorama, right? How? When was the last oh, time we beautiful. saw one of those? Well, I, the last time he did that was against Chicago. I, that at least that I remember. And the goal actually on Duncan Keith, he spun off and backhand pass Patrick Maroon puts it in the back of the net. Anyways, that doesn't matter uh, right <laughs> now. We're we're breaking down tonight's Oilers game, but yeah, no, the power play tonight. Uh, to me, once McDavid had, and then in overtime when we go to the power play, four forwards. Four forwards. Well, here's the thing, though. Is it is it four forwards because we want to press the advantage or four forwards because you want to bench nurse for a little bit? To me, I I don't know that. Either way, I'd be reading into it. I believe <laughs> Gay Woodcroft is just being new age, really smart, really cool, trying four forwards, really pressing for the goal. Because to me, I'd rather Zach Hyman uh, in front of the net. Because oh, I yeah. find in that in that four on four, there's a lot more. Um, 
like rotation everyone needs to be a lot more mobile you it's not just a standard nurse at the point uh dishing it all back and forth everyone rotates everyone can play the point uh so i think that having the four forwards makes you a lot more versatile um <laughs> out there plus you have some really defensively minded forwards out there too right yeah. like we've seen on the back check uh, mcdavid dry they're great yeah. nuge is great defensively so you, you you have an F1 car out there that can catch <laughs> anyone, right? Like uh, if McDavid's out there, no one's getting a breakaway. Uh, so yeah, that that was really interesting. And then you saw when it went to four on four after the penalty expired, the Blues just did not want to whistle. They did not want it to go to three on three. Finally, they take a shot. Stuart Skinner's about to play, and Tyson Berry yells, "No, no, no! Don't, don't, don't play it! Don't play!" It. <laughs> McDavid and Drysdale go on next uh, next shift goal i get up and we come in here and we've already established what happened after that so i missed about two minutes of overtime while i was setting up for game over but it's so odd right the oilers are the last team in the nhl to get a loser point right yeah there's something about this team in overtime that is just so deadly it's the open ice it's the speed of the game now but we're we're not going to shootouts very often and it's it's just so weird i keep going back to it but the fact that even dry settle on that last attempt he kind of just walked in middle of the dots and just kind of half-heartedly slapped it I, I don't know if it was just a deflating sort of play of the team in overtime but yeah that was that was a rough way to end it mm-hmm Totally. One thing MDG brought up in the chat, something I want to get to. Also, before I get to that, I do want to say there's 77 people watching now, and we only have 32 likes. We're Let's getting try. close. Yamamoto scored. We got to get that jersey, and we got to get the 56 in likes before we end the broadcast tonight. Come on, guys. I'm counting down. We really need this. We'll we'll do something fun next broadcast if we can hit that. But MGG in chat asked, what did you think about Devin Shore tonight? And I saw someone put some stats in the chat earlier that I didn't even think to look for. And, 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 it, and it really changed. Now, Devin Shore, I did not think, had a good game. But this changed my perspective. When you have your fourth line being a net negative, that this is something we harped on earlier in the game. Uh, the Oilers' fourth line tonight got outscored. The, all you want from your fourth line, if they can pot a goal, awesome, whatever. But the it. fact that you had Derek Ryan minus one, Devin Shore minus one, that that cannot happen. That's un that's unacceptable. You can't have your fourth line leaking goals. Um, to me though, Devin Shore. How? Like how do you what? miss Dylan Holloway sets you up for the most glorious wide open net. And it would have looked it would have looked nice if he had scored too. Oh, the it, the drop to one knee. The, the way he receives passes, it's like he's holding a canoe paddle. I've <laughs> never seen someone with a wider grip on their hockey stick. He holds it and he gets down so low. He looks like a wobbly. Like the center of gravity just makes no sense. Double clutches. Misses, have you like, have you noted when Shore skates, there's a lot of extra like swing movement to not it. Like enough, hip yeah. hip and swing. Yeah, good point. Not a good samba dancer. He puts a lot of effort, but he's not very efficient. There, like, yeah, like I think he's wasting a lot of energy. But to me, all a moot point. I thought James Hamlin. I know he took that holding penalty earlier on. I thought he was fine. Like he, to me, is a serviceable fourth line center. The fourth yeah. line center should be a, 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 just an archetype that you can plug and play any single guy. And I, I don't think Devin Shore can fill that archetype. I think when Ryan McLeod comes back, and we know he has a high ankle sprain now, so we're hoping it's two weeks away. But you, you really never know with that. Uh, so hopefully he is, um, he's back soon because you want. I need De- Dylan Holloway, Ryan McLeod, and Puliarvi or Fogel when Fogel. I think back. Fogel should be back by next game. That's what yes. the reports have been saying. And he's going. Then Yanmark on- goes down. To me, I put yeah. Fogel back because Fogel had about three goals in five games or something. He's uh, before he got injured, so I would put Fogel with uh, back with Drysaddle. But it's 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 really interesting when you look at the way the lineup is right now. Um, yeah, and, and even O'Reilly, like, there were t- like the Oilers did miss, uh, had a lot of chances, but in overtime, after the Oilers' goal gets called back, you have Ryan O'Reilly, uh, completely missed, walks in on Skinner, outweighs Skinner, and misses a wide open. And how do you do that? Shoots right out the on? other way. But this That's- is like, this is the weird part of this game, right? Again, we expected this to be a lockdown game. The first two games in this sort of series has oh, yeah. been like that, but this game was just bonkers. It started me, from the beginning. To me, the Oilers were playing real in the third period. I was really impressed with their lockdown play for that first like 10 minutes. They weren't necessarily creating so much on offense, but they weren't giving the Blues 
anything. Once that Yamamoto goal happened, it seemed almost like they sat back. They they breathed a sigh of relief. It was like they they had, okay, we're going to win now. We have some breathing room. And with 50 seconds later, it's in the back of your net. All of a sudden, they're scrambling, and they never really were able to recover. And we saw that on the nurse play, whatever. We don't need to get into that again. But it, it, it's really interesting to see how this team plays with certain leads and what they're doing and stuff. Because because uh, to me, you saw that that effort and that energy when they were up 2-1. Once they went to 3-1, it just dissipated so fast, right? It, it, was, it was really unique. Yeah, it, it was strange to see, uh, but hey, we're getting about 30 minutes into broadcast and we haven't talked about a big part of this game, the offside, right? Mm -hmm. We've seen a similar looking sort of offside call last play. Oh yeah. Can I just say one thing, full disclosure, I'm going to need you to break this down. I actually didn't see it. <laughs> I literally right. walked in my room right when Dry Saddle scored, I started getting the broadcast set up. And yeah, so I, I okay. honestly still haven't seen a replay of it. So let me let me put it this way, right? Uh, if if you remember the Kale McCarr offside, right? Mm -hmm. That was not an offside, right? Where he lost possession of the puck as it crossed the blue line, right? And then he regained possession of the puck on the other side. This is a situation where McDavid skates were across the blue line so mcdavid's in the offensive zone right so if you pictured blue line skates on this side this is a riveting audio podcast <laughs> sorry sorry for no, the no, no, you're, doing good. you're doing good you're doing good <laughs> sorry for the podcast listeners out there uh the puck is on the other side of the blue line right so normally this is not an issue if you have possession right but it was deemed that McDavid lost possession because his, his stick left the puck, right? So this, as the puck swings in and he regains contact, puts his skates in, in the offensive zone before the puck crosses. So that's why it was called back. That, oh man. Now, See, the I, other I, thing I, that mm. you, the other detail you might need as well. This was not a coach's challenge. I know I told you when you sat I, down. I heard that on the broadcast. That that when I went back to watch the rest of overtime, I had heard that on the broadcast. Now, to me, just listening to that, if I had seen the actual like, oh, what it was going on the review, I I literally saw Dry sort of tap it in and I walked away. That's shame on me. I won't do that again. I'll stand for the three stars next time. But well, uh, <laughs> normally that would be it, right? Yeah, normally I know. that would be it. But to me, just the description, I probably would have come in here 20 times more fired up. But the fact that I didn't see it and I kind of had time to breathe after, which is what I said about earlier shows, you don't have time to breathe on this. You're coming on so fast. That's why you can be so fired up. So because I didn't see it, I wasn't fired up coming out. And then the shootout literally sucks the absolute life out of you. I, I actually could, even if the Oilers won, and I will, if the Oilers ever win a shootout, you'll see this. To me, that's a Mickey Mouse win. I do not care. I will not have near the same amount of energy as like an overtime. Shootouts are a coin flip just to determine who Regardless, gets the extra point. Do not care. I I hate them with such a passion. Give me ten or fifteen minutes of three on three and yeah, call it a day. Just play. But, or I mean, it's not popular, but like in football, soccer, right? Draws are possible if you want yeah. to cut down on the amount of time that games can potentially go on for right you don't want people staying up way too late fine i get that draws can still be possible right yeah and it's a I, system that works yeah I, I would like that better and and it's funny i i'm not sure if i said this yet on the broadcast and i i know i said this to you before but if you look at a team like dallas who's leading the central they have 18 wins the oilers have uh, the Oilers have 17. We have one win less than Dallas, but they they have all of their like half. I think they have five overtime losses, right? So that's where the discrepancy is. Like you look at look at the Toronto Maple Leafs. They have 19 wins. They only everyone in Toronto has been dancing around the best season ever of all time. They have two more wins than Edmonton. That's it. They only have two more wins. There's but a, because there's they have a lot all these overtime losses. Yeah. yeah. It, it makes you feel like like what I was thinking before it, it, this season, like they showed on the broadcast, seven and three, three and seven, seven and three, up and down like a toilet seat, <laughs> up and down like a toilet seat, right? It, it, but it's not actually been like that. Like I got to take a step back and look and we're starting to play some easier teams. We're not playing the best in our division. 
Uh, we're getting the a lot of the teams that are above us, like Seattle, LA, and Vegas, were playing teams with under 500 records, and now it's kind of flopped. Like, uh, I know we, I think we even caught LA tonight with the OT loss. Uh, I think at them. one point we were tied. Oh, they with must have Seattle? won today. They must have won today. Seattle has two games in hand, but we're at 35. Seattle will. I, I very. I have a lot of faith. Seattle is going to fall off the map here. Uh, and same with LA. Yeah, it's it's so strange to see, right? Like from last year Seattle to this year, oh, like that's a strange looking uh, team all of a sudden. How they've I mean, changed in their standings, it's shooting percentage and better goaltending. Uh, that's what it comes down to, to be honest. Power play percentage, Maddie Beniers is a lot better. Like, there is honestly, a- is it goal t- like? Have, haven't they had like fantastic goaltending for like Martin Jones? I want to say uh, I, I don't pay much attention to Seattle again. I'm so hyper focused on the Oilers this year, especially. Uh, I can't tell you for sure, and I'm now navigating NHL.com, which is just on, impossible. So. Honestly, like when you're talking about goalies, I don't think there's, I don't think there's anyone in the okay. That's a lie. I forgot. I was going to say, I don't think there's any goalie in the Pacific division that's doing that great. Forgot about Logan Thompson. Sorry. <laughs> Stuart than- Skinner has better numbers, man, which is shocking. I, I, it's crazy. I, I'm pretty sure Stuart Skinner has better numbers than uh, than Logan Thompson. Stuart, and I saw Shaden on Twitter talking about this. Uh, uh, Stuart Skinner should be at an, the All-Star game I think representing he, the Pacific Division. I think he should be. And honestly, um, we're going back to the old school voting for the All-Star games. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't know if you remember. Um, the oh fan God. vote. John the fan Scott. vote. Was it John Scott? Yeah, they, they, yeah Merrick Someone... SDP and Steve Dangle. They, we were, our network was responsible. Getting someone on. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I, I, I really hope that we stick with this format because it's such a fun way for fans to interact even oh, if it's totally. sort of trolly and meme but oh. if we could get someone in there that'd be great be can we get clean you know, in there no okay clem costin uh, deserves to be in the oilers hall of fame never mind uh the all-star game uh for those who didn't see it earlier today the oilers are notorious for having some media that's really tough on the players and clem costin to like the hero that he is comes out in his morning availability. And when Jim Matheson asks him a question about playing St. Louis, he looks at Jim Matheson dead in the eyes and says, fans, fans don't like your questions. I saw it on Twitter. <laughs> yes, you need to do better. You guys oh, need to change something. <laughs> I, I, oh my God, I died. I want a Jersey. I want, I want to meet Clem Carson. I want to shake his hand. I want to buy him a beer. My God, I cannot, I, like, I, 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 is his contract extension more important than the pending Leon Drysaddle extension in three years? Do we, how important is Clem Cost? To me, he's already more valuable than Devin Shore in the room. <laughs> and that's why Devin Shore is an Oilers still. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think uh, he's really endearing himself to the, to this fan base. The fact that we know he's active on Instagram, he, right? He's actively on Twitter. He's a mm-hmm. social media type of guy. Even though he's, you know, English is a second language, he's really giving it his all to interact with the fans. Not to mention, oh, awesome. I think in the same interview, uh, when asked about the fans and interacting and, you know, talking about Oilers Twitter, he mentioned something like, like, we're all a big team like the fans are part of it they're along for the ride we need to take care of the fans something along that lines the guy is just amazing uh i'm so glad st louis decided to give him up mm-hmm. honestly we're we're close yeah uh, Lindsay in the chat mentioned we're 16 likes away from getting to 56 uh if yeah you- tyler benson plus you know i was gonna say 40 who the hell's 40 but uh i appreciate everything you're doing Lindsay. Uh, some stranger in the chat, Yamo being back has improved the team. I think Yamo being healthy has immensely improved the team. Man, I cannot wait to get a Vander Kane back. I'm just itching for it. He'll yeah. be such a boost. But to me, it all comes back to once they get healthy, like, yeah, it'll be awesome. But there is additions that need to be made. Honestly, I, like, I would be going into the playoffs. I would be happy. And I know we're talking about the playoffs. We haven't even played a half the season yet. But uh, yeah, that's kind of where we are now. But um, going into the playoffs, I would be happy or content, I should say, with this forward group. Like, could they add a Jonathan Taves? Could they add a Max Domi? Would I like that a lot? Yeah. Dude, But hearing 
it's going to be wild, right? Hearing the words out of Vancouver about Bo Horvat, he's, he's not staying around, right? Mm-hmm. So if we, from our perspective, if we somehow have Pugliarvi move on, find success elsewhere. I wish the best for that guy. But if we have him move on, Bo Horvat's potentially uh, an acquisition. Way, uh, listen, that to me would be, oh, would that be awesome? Of course. But to me, there's so many... Like other to, holes for that because of the pace that he's scoring at will cost you a first round pick. Plus oh, wow. if the price of Jacob Chikrin is a first is the Hampus Lindholm price, a first round pick for good prospect and like a second or a worst prospect or whatever. Like, can we not just do that? Like that to me yeah. feels all like to me, you have an excess of these really good forwards or that would just be like, it's like getting sprinkles in your ice cream. Yeah, it tastes good, but you don't need that extra you sugar. You already had the ice cream there, we, right? We need we need a cone. We need an we ice cream need cone the, for ice cream. We, we need, need Jacob Chikrin. Jacob Chikrin is the cone. That's what I'm saying, right? Oh and my I God. see David in the chat. Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson, full disclosure, <laughs> was my favorite non-oiler for a very long time. I would love Eric Carlson. I would if, if Ken Holland went out in the offseason and signed Eric Carlson at what's 50% of 11 million. I mean, is it 11 or 11.5? Like whatever. Six, Let's six say he makes 11.5. Yeah, whatever, if he's yeah. 5.75, something like that. If Ken Holland went out and signed like Eric Carlson for a four-year, 5.75 million dollar contract, I'd be I'd be very happy, right? But I think here's the I, thing I though, know. right? Like there's a lot to be said about holes in this team we yes. have defensive holes we have a little bit of an issue where we ha- need a couple more depth guys you don't want to have to have mcdavid and dry scoring every single night to win at the same mm-hmm. time though it's caps limited there's only uh, so I much agree. you could do and you take that cap that you have and you put it like to me there more no there's no perfect in line and since mcdavid's been here no more perfect player has come on the market uh as jacob chicken is for this team like fills every hole plugs every deficiency if he come if he came here and didn't work out i'd be the first i'll, I'll bite it yeah i mean here here's here's the situation right couldn't be worse than obl no, no. Well, that's the thing. So many people, and I saw people pulling out the receipts on Twitter, were bringing up the old if OEL's on the market from a lot of big media. You gotta go get all of Regman Larson. You can't pass up a number one defenseman because these guys were so, for some reason in 2020 just tuned in with binoculars on the Arizona Coyotes. But to come this day, there does anyone even watch Jacob Chicken? Do you guys actually know if he's even good or not? No, he's not good. He's not good. Well, what's the difference here? I, I'm see, I'm you're losing the plot. I, I don't understand. To me, you go get this guy. That he is just can change the complexion. This is someone that takes you from pretender to contender. And I'm not calling the Oilers a full-on pretender, but if you need McDavid to... McDavid has to lead the playoffs in scoring and literally doesn't even play in the Stanley Cup finals. And that gets... And you're still swept in the conference final. Like, I think you need to add on to that roster. You need to get more. So I think that's where I'm at. Wise Kyle in chat mentioned Shen and Chitrin. That would fix our defense. That That's rock solid. But oh, yeah. here's the thing. What are you going to have to do to make it happen, right? Shen's, Shen's not I an issue. Shen's, Shen's contract is... I second round pick, right? I think Shen, if we do something like a like a Kulak, yeah, that would be somewhere around yeah, there, it, a yeah. second. But and I don't think Shen is as good as Kulak was when he was acquired by Edmonton. Uh, it's it's a different, debatable. different like I think the, what might actually drive up his value is the fact that He's coming in at I think like seven hundred fifty thousand, something like that. Very, yeah, that, very that's low. It. He's league min, league min. He's, that he's at like league min, so that's going to actually drive up his value because there's going to be more suitors trying to bid for his services, right? So Chitrin's going to be the big one. Uh, if you could make it work, if you can make the value work, do it. I don't have the loudest voice, but I, 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 I'm screaming it from everywhere I can, every second of the day, every moment of the day. I'm yelling just trying to make people see and believe i want i need more jacob chicken believers like i see people talking about his injuries and one thing i saw before zach hyman came to edmonton hyman had like two back-to-back or three years in a row where he had horrible 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 knee injuries right like you can't if, if someone's good enough to pass a health check and get traded 
uh healthy enough you just go with it you can't just yeah. be too scared like it's not like he had a knock on wood this doesn't happen but it's not like he had concussions or something that can come back there that i think it was wrist i think it was this i think it was that right like nagging injuries yeah 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 it's not like, it's not like, it's not like a long pers- like big issue um mm-hmm. here's here's the situation uh there's a little bit of cap to go around we have to clear it up somehow there's ways to make it work we just need to go for it and the you're right the mentality of the, this current gm is sitting here and going we can't trade the first we have to hold on no this is this is the window we got to go for it and with the rest of our guys coming up into uh, contract renewals like dry settle like mcdavid their value is only going to go up from here especially dry settle you're gonna have to pay the man so mm-hmm. these I'm next me- couple of years on That's McDavid and Drysdale's next contract, I could easily, with the cap going up, see them making thirty plus million dollars combined. Like McDavid will get somewhere close to twenty, and I and Drysdale will be all yell. He's the second best player in the NHL. If that they could easily pay him sixteen million dollars, and I, I like I do not care. Sign them a blank check. Whatever. It's a blank I check situation. Yeah, Oilers for life. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, it's it's really interesting going forward, and we got a lot of games. I was thinking about today. The trade deadline, I want to say, isn't until the beginning of March. Mm. Uh, or end of February, one of the two. It'd be interesting to look because we have the trade deadline. This is going to be a recurring theme until Jacob Chickens moved. We're going to be talking about him every single show. One March third. Yeah, March third. Okay, so I will be tuning on my TV six a.m. Mountain Time, re- watching contently. Um, one thing. Oh, Kato, complimenting my mustache. Thank you very much. And I've seen you in chat. Thanks for everything you've been doing. Wise Kyle. What's up, man? Lindsay MGD, thank you for all the likes. One thing I want to ask you, Dennis, I know we've, we're running a little bit long. One thing I do want to ask you. Stuart Skinner, fantastic tonight. Game before against Nashville. Jack Campbell, letting a super weak goal, but bounce back, played to an above a 900 save percentage, which was more than I expected. That was the praise. Awesome. Oilers oh, Twitter was uh, praising uh, him for I that 900. Never, I have never watched a game like I did when Jack Campbell was in every Nashville shot. I was doing the, like the rough calculation of his save percentage. I'm like, oh. We're above 800. Can we get, okay, they've scored three goals. They're at almost 30 shots. If Nashville gets two more shots, we can get to above a 900. Wow. And then he actually did it. I, it, it was it was intense. I've never watched a, had a save percentage that living that rent-free in my mind for the entire game. But good for Campbell. He bounced back. Anaheim's up next on Saturday. Matinee game. So who knows what team's going to show up for that one. Thank God Anaheim sucks. Um, They beat, I want to say they beat Montreal tonight. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, who do you start? Okay, here's the thing, right? The issue is Anaheim is a high-flying, high-scoring team. They did beat Montreal tonight 5-2, to two, right? Mm-hmm. You got to go with Skinner. You, no, have, to, I, I, I you have to win this game. I you agree. C- to me, this, just like the Nashville game, look at how well Skinner played after getting some rest. And I agree with you. I want, like, if Skinner could play every game, I would love it. But to me, this is a team that their goaltendings flat out suck. Their defense sucks. That's why I don't want John Klingberg. I do not understand that. Yeah, but that's a that's a net negative that's for defense. That's another thing. We'll, we'll talk about that another day. But uh, to me, you look at a team that absolutely is atrocious in their own end. Yes, they can score on you. But this is a team, because of your your riches offensively you if you have to win that game seven to five i have faith that you can do it i want to take advantage of every game that you can get Stuart skinner rest i and if you lose it that would absolutely suck but to me that looks like some cost because then you've you he went he you got got campbell out of the net on thursday i want to say against nashville or what well, well, i don't even know here's the th- here's the situation right because after the saturday game we play Nashville again, this mm-hmm. time in Nashville, but I think that's fine to go back to Campbell. Um, I think with the Ducks, this is a game where it's you should be down on this team. They are they are going on Bedard watch, just smoke them. And I think but I think ninety seven and twenty nine, especially because Campbell played decent at the end. I think you go into this game just crossing your fingers, your toes, your arms, and your legs. Just Praying to God that Campbell like can salvage an, a 900 save percentage once again, and every Campbell gamer he gets 900 is such a victory, win or lose. Right? You just 
Every time you can get Stuart Skinner resting for a game, you take it. And this to me is you're because because there, there's going to come a stretch when you're playing, you know, Vegas, Dallas, like you're mm-hmm. going to be playing the top of the teams, right? You want to take advantage of as much rest as you can get Skinner now because down the stretch, I'm sure if as if nothing changes with the goaltending, it's it's he's going to have a a really high workload. True, I think based on where we are right now, absolutely Skinner has won the net. So he's going to be doing a full workload ever since, you know, going down to the AHL and and being just the guy in the AHL. He's already had that huge workload. So now he's just going to be able to do it in the NHL. I honestly think place place Skinner on Saturday. I don't know if you saw um, the highlight, but uh, oh my god, Trevor Zegers, the guy is just just a wizard. He absolutely. He conducted a an NBA style ankle breaker. Like I, I, I and I didn't I didn't see what you're talking about. But to me, all of the Zegers highlights. To be honest, any I I can understand why a fan of any other team goes nuts over Jack Hughes. Did you see Jack Hughes goal tonight? Oh yeah, yeah. Like I could see why people go nuts over that stuff. But for me, this spoiled, rotten Oilers fan who gets to watch Connor <laughs> McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl do the absolute blasphemous things. Like in overtime, when they scored that goal, they should not be. You should not be able to keep the puck on your stick like that. Like if I'm the other coach, I'm yelling and screaming, there's glue, there's string, there's Check tape, for... there's shenanigans at Rogers Place because that should not be happening. And the fact that they can make this magic night in and night out, when I see, oh, Jack Hughes, inside, outside, whoop-de-doo, oh, how do you do? Great, awesome goal, Jack. Like, congratulations. <laughs> I, McDavid, I, I, McDavid does that. I'm like, I give him a golf clap. I move on to the next. I become complacent. But hey, you know, that's the beauty of being an Oilers fan. The duality mm-hmm. of being an Oilers fan, however, is that we have real weird games like this one where defensive lapses end up costing us a game. But here's the hope. If we're going with if we're going with Campbell next game, mm-hmm. since you're doing the matinee game, again, mm-hmm. 2 p.m. games. The record hasn't been great for you. I hope at least we get an entertaining game. And if it's high scoring, then gosh darn it, you're going to have a lot to talk about. Oh, yes, I agree. I don't think there'll be any shortage of subjects for that game. I'm sure we'll have another five minute Jacob Chicken segment. And I'm sure we'll have all we'll play all the hits on Saturday. Rest assured. But I, I do have work tomorrow. Yeah, as as uh, as we mentioned, yeah, that's going to be the next game. We are going to call it for tonight. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Uh, still, fifty two of you watching. This has been a <laughs> almost yeah, an hour like show. Button. One more time. It was this was an awesome. I had a blast on this show. Let's just give thanks to everyone in chat. David W, Mark the Tech Guy, MGD, and Lindsay for being the like the like police, making sure everyone likes the stream. Can't tell you how much I appreciate you guys being here on the stream. I know MGD will be here with me on Saturday. Oh, we got Wise Kyle, David. I'm just scrolling up to look. Bud Brown, give everyone just shout-outs they deserve. Pocket Track, uh, Cato, uh, Otto Umdrod, Lindsay, uh, no, my wife said Lindsay, David W., Adam Firebaron, so many more. So many more of you guys. Awesome. Thanks for coming back here. Love you all. And hey, if you're listening to the podcast after the fact, whether on YouTube or on your podcast player of choice, thank you so much for listening. We hope we can have you in here for a live game so that you can interact with the chat. But give us a like. If you like uh, the podcast, give us a review on your platform Mm -hmm. of choice. And if you have some advice, let us know. We're open for comments, criticisms, whatever. Uh, That'll be it for us tonight. Thank you so much for watching. Once again, uh, we'll have the... Zach will have the next game Saturday, 2 p.m. The Ducks are in Edmonton. Hopefully it'll be a good game, but we'll be here for the next show no matter what. Have a good night. Have a good night, everyone. Bye-bye. Take care. Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.